everybody and welcome to another episode of Traumatized. So, I've been thinking for a number of days here how to exactly present this episode to you, the audience, because it's kind of, it's, a, it's not an easy one to come up with and to put on paper or, and then say it to where I'm, you know, the program I'm using to record. So I'm trying, I'm going to try and get this out so that it makes sense to everybody. And hopefully it'll make sense to myself too. And I won't have to do too many takes. But when you grow up and you're having, or you experience traumatic events like CPTSD related and someone, your partner or your parents or just a regular average person uh, is being abusive to you. And, you know, you're, let's say you're in a, in a relationship with a narcissist and you, you know, they, they drive you to the point where you literally are believing everything they say and you find a way to get out or unfortunately they ended their relationship after they've had enough and they've got all, gotten all they can out of you. You have often, especially if you're just, you haven't even gotten to see anybody, you know, you haven't seen a, a therapist yet or you're in the, the early stages of recovery. You, you are experiencing often triggers where you get re-traumatized over and over by any kind of, you know, activity or sequence that reminds you of the abuse and the terror that you suffered from. And what this ends up doing, and this Unfortunately, this is something that will stay with us for a long time through many stages of recovery and healing is where you feel very unsure of yourself and you second guess or, well, let's just put it multiple times you guess your, you question yourself and you doubt any of your abilities to do anything or to make a decision or to feel confident about yourself in any kind of type of thing, you know, starting a new relationship, starting a new job, moving into a new place, going on a road trip with friends, um, talking to a, a guy or a gal, you know, for the, for the men out there. And, it really, it makes you feel extreme bouts of anxiety and stress levels go up because it feels so hard to, to do any of these things without potentially getting triggered and being so scared of, of trying that you just end up not trying at all, right? Like you, you never do anything. You become a hermit at home or, or you just stay single 
or you don't really have any friends. And maybe you have one friend or two friends that are trying to, you know, do their best at, at being supportive and being there with you. But ultimately, this trauma and all the triggers that you're experiencing, you know, every day or, or maybe multiple times a week or however often it occurs, you are not willing to put yourself out there and make any kind of risky choices that, you know, may be beneficial, but in your mind, you believe that you could, the, the choice that you aren't making, you know, or the, or I should say the choice that you will make would be harmful to you. And that, that person or the situation is going to be too scary for you and you're going to get triggered. You're, you know, you're going to experience all that trauma and the pain and the abuse and fear that you so often experienced in your younger years. It's really, it paralyzes you. Like the fear and the anxiety that gets created because of all of it is so hard to deal with. Now, I have my own personal situations and experiences that I have dealt with and often am afraid to to do or deal with because it's so frightening and so scary inside that it feels easier to avoid it or to not try at any point, like just sit there and do nothing rather than get up and, and take the chance, you know, sure. You may have a great time or, or you may meet somebody that is an amazing person, make a great friend or who knows. Right. But the fear inside you like that, that fear that I have inside is, is so prominent and so strong and thick that I, I have always initially, you know, it, 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 my initial reaction to it, to any of these kind of situations that I'm, I have potential, you know, to do my instinct is to bow out or to not do it or to not even really think about is this a good thing to do? Should I do it? Am I going to be okay? You know, it's automatic. My automatically, sorry, my thoughts are immediately, this is just, this isn't going to be well. I don't like this. This isn't make, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. It's scary. It creates a nervous feeling. It creates anxiety. You know, you, you're, you feel this like for me when i'm really afraid and i'm really scared of something i start to feel like i i'm not even sure how to explain how to explain it but i get this weird feeling in the back of my head and up like up my neck and it it almost feels like uh like a sense a very sense like a like a electric sensation that is going through my head and it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling and I've never, I don't, I don't know how to express it. 
if if I ever had it happen in the moment, I would just stop talking, right? Like I my my instinct or my gut action that is occurring is to just freeze up and not not talk. Like do as minimal as possible. And unfortunately, even you know, someone that I'm with or the group of people that I'm hanging out with, they do eventually notice and start to see that I'm, you know, shut down. I'm not saying anything. I've, I've become quiet. I've become unresponsive. I'm not enjoying myself, you know, like everybody else is having a good time and, and, and laughing and, and joking and loud and, you know, interacting. And I'm kind of standing or sitting there looking numb and super quiet and staring off into the distance. You know, there's no laughter. There's no interactive act, you know, motions with anything or anyone. And that is my sign of, of basically being triggered. And I didn't really understand. I think in my head, when these things were occurring in my past, to my understanding, it was just kind of me staying, I kind of in my head repeatedly, you know, going over and over saying, I, I don't like this. This is, this is uncomfortable. You know, I'm not having fun. This is not me. This, I don't care for this. I just want to go home, blah, blah, blah. Or I want to go and grab something to eat instead and just kind of, sit there and pretend that I'm I'm having fun and often when someone would you know kindly confront me you know just not they're not persecuting me and saying hey why why are you what are you doing here you know or that kind of thing or they they would ask are you, are you okay or you know you don't seem like you're having fun and I would often say no I'm okay I I just like sitting here and listening, you know, or, or observing. That was my big word is observing the situation. And then to be honest, I had no idea that it really was me becoming, uh, in a triggered state or becoming completely shut down. It was one of those things that not having any information or knowledge at all about complex trauma or triggers or the state of mind that you're in when you're in a, an uncomfortable situation or the situation be, makes you feel triggered. I didn't know really anything about it. So the only thing I understood was that it wasn't fun or I didn't like it. So it quickly, what this did though is in the future, made up my mind for me extremely fast saying, I'm not going to do this. No, I, I, you know, I, I already had made up my mind. I wasn't even thinking about possibly going out and doing something. It was auto. It was like a, it was just standard automatic done. Boom. No, I'm, I don't want to go. This doesn't sound fun. I'm just going to stay home and watch TV or grab a bag of chips or drink a pop or whatever like I would I would eat my anxiety and my trauma away and that would make me feel better because immediately 
when I've, I finally had made up my mind and I decided I'm not going and that was that, my body would give off the, like a kind of a chemical reaction where I started to feel better because now I am safe. I don't feel in danger. I don't feel uncomfortable in any way. And my body and my mind together are, like I said, I feel safer. I feel relaxed. I feel good. And so I feel comfortable and I'm happy. You know, it, I, and, I, and I wouldn't even think about it. Like later on that evening, it wouldn't creep back into my head. Like I wouldn't be sitting there going, gee, I wonder if I made the right decision. Am I going to look like a, a loner or antisocial to people because I decided to not go? No, that that wasn't what would be in my head at all. Because in my head, I would be thinking, "I'm f I feel better about this. I'm not gonna have to make any make any risks. Take a, take a chance. Do you know make moves or or talk to people that I don't really want to talk to them. You know, talk to strangers that are that I've never met before. You know, don't, don't put myself out there. Don't, don't be vulnerable. No, don't take any risks whatsoever. Just be my, just stay at home. And I did that so many times. I, I have, there are countless number of times in my life where I have done that. And it was because I was so scared of, people bugging me or teasing or making fun of me, or I would automatically believe that I was not worthy of anybody's friendship. I, you know, I wasn't attractive that I was ugly or that they'd, they'd see me for who I really am. Right. Like they, I was thinking that I'm a loner. I'm a nobody. I don't deserve to have friends. I don't deserve to be in any kind of relationship. Um, I'm a nobody. So, instead of going out there and, and allowing everybody to prove it and to show me, yeah, you are a loser, you are nobody, you know, you don't deserve to be happy. I would stay home and feel, and feel safe and feel right about myself. So it was, a, it was like a, it just felt like a never ending loop. I would, I would never go out or if I ever did, it would be, with people that I knew or that I was comfortable with. And back then I really, there wasn't really anybody. Um, I had family. That was pretty much it. Honestly, honest to God. Like I, it was so bad at one point that there was nobody in my life. I didn't have any friends. I was, and it was just because I was too scared, you know. I, I went through years and years of, of, of bullying and, and you know, being made fun of and, and growing up through that thinking that I'm, I'm a loser, I'm a nobody, that I'm unattractive. You know, like I, I literally thought to myself, I'm, I'm not an attractive person. I don't deserve anybody nobody's gonna think i'm i'm good enough you know like they're gonna look at me and go you're what a what an ugly person or you know they're they're gonna say hateful things or yeah and it would just it'd be kind of like 
proving to myself that that is the case. You know, like it was, it was so horrible. Like I didn't even know what to, it, it was, it just stuck. It was stuck in there. You know, like I, I never, I, I was so afraid of everybody and, and going out and, and putting myself out there in any form that it, I never took a chance. I never made an, an, an effort, you know, like it was, it was pointless because I was, I'd be so scared and so afraid of, of, of doing something wrong or that person, you know, discovering who I really am and then would either abandon me or, or, or laugh and, and pretend the, to be nice. And then I'd never see them again. Or, or they would, you know, like make excuses up to, to not hang out. So I quickly learned to just don't even, you know, never bother with it, never try. And I guess it didn't help that my first relationship was with a person who was extremely like emotionally abusive uh, and and such a I want to say without trying to sound mean it was she was kind of like a clean freak but she was also very she could get angry and would say stupid things or wouldn't you know like her her family for whatever reason, never liked me. So I, and yeah, okay. Maybe it was, some of it was my own fault. I probably did do this to myself because when I, I remember this time she was moving uh, in an apartment uh, like, and I barely said a word to any of them. I think I was just, I kind of, by default, focused on the job ahead, you know, moving things into trucks, going and doing it, that I never really, I met, I didn't make any effort to, to contact or to talk to anybody. And it was just so natural and so simple to that, that I never really thought anything of it. You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, before it started, I never sat there to, when I was by myself on the way over that, hey, you know, this is her family. I should talk. I should I should get to know them, you know, interact, try to be friendly, show them that I'm a nice guy, that I'm friendly, that I'm not going to be a closed off loner who doesn't talk to anybody who's who's antisocial. I, you know, that was never in my mind to begin with. It just was so natural you know it was so automatic like you turn the switch on and that was the very first thing that would come up and it would it there wasn't even discussion because it was just a natural thing to do for me and I remember I think it was a day or so later or something she kind of got angry at me because I wasn't talking to anybody and I just remember feeling really bad because it's like I didn't know or I didn't realize it, it it sounds ridiculous like or maybe it doesn't like maybe you guys have done that before as well but it just I was so I was so used to not 
having anybody want to talk to me, not wanting to, to do anything with me, you know, avoid me or be mean or, or never say anything to me. And, and such that I, it just was built in. It was part, it was a part of me that was a normal everyday thing. And the next time, I think it was a couple of years later, I think that she moved again and I tried, I, you know, it, it was different. It, I don't know if maybe they just were, they just knew me better or maybe they felt that, okay, I've, I've known their daughter for how many years now and we were friends, et cetera, et cetera, that maybe they just were nicer. And I did my best too. Like I, I, I really made an effort. I tried to, and I, and I was, I did a pretty good job. You know, I talked with them and, and tried to interact and tried to be social. And, and I think it worked because her mother and her father did pretty good. Uh, her older, sorry, her middle sister did some talking and I actually got to know her a bit, but the, 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 the younger sister and the brother, well, they, I don't know. It was something about them. Maybe it's just because I was so much older than them. But whatever. That's old news. So yeah, um, made the effort and it and it worked. But the problem was, is I had I was so far gone that that wasn't going to really change anything. Sure, I may have been okay now with them, but. Anybody else, it, it was just back to square one. And that's how bad it was. It, it was pretty serious because the next time, I, other, other people, you know, family, uh, whoever, it, it, it wasn't really good at all. Like it was, it was pretty bad. It's just a repeating cycle, you know. I would shut down. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I was, I never made any effort it, to to say anything to anybody. It was just an automatic reaction, instinct, you know. Like I developed an instinct to to be antisocial, and it's all due to trauma and being so scared of people you know, thinking they're going to be mad, they're going to be bad to you. They're going to treat you, treat you bad. They're, they're not going to like you. So don't really make an effort to, to, to interact because all you're going to get is, is negativity and mean, meanness and, and hurt and pain. So it was easier to not do something. Um, there was a situation. I remember going, it was this person that I knew for a short period of time. It was a mistake and I got really triggered and I remember she was starting to date this guy. I don't know. This guy was kind of weird and she, she was quite a bit younger than me and we were just friends that we were not, there was no possible dating. It was just not meant to be. And I remember we went to this nightclub one night. It was the two of them and me. I went on my own vehicle and they went in theirs and I went and I just remember feeling so out of place. It was not something that I 
enjoyed. I I thought I would have fun, and when I initially got there, it, it's it it I thought it was gonna be fun. You know, we're outside waiting to get in, and talking, and then all of a sudden we get in, and and they go their way, and they're dancing and drinking, and I'm sitting there, and it I just remember suddenly going, this is what am I doing here? This is dumb. I I felt it it came on rather suddenly, and I was I was getting really triggered. And I was freezing up and scared. And I just remember I didn't even say anything to them. I, I just walked out. I was so triggered and so out of it that I literally walked out, got into my car and drove home. And literally minutes after I started driving home again, like every other time, that feeling of relief, you know, that oh my God, the pain is over. The discomfort's no longer there. I feel so much better. I'm, I'm so glad I decided to leave. All that was there, right there. And, and that, was, that was the thing, is that that feeling was amazing. And that's what I looked for. That was my fallback whenever I got into, even if I didn't get into it yet, the potential of, of getting into a situation that I automatically felt that was going to be uncomfortable. You know, I had no idea. I, I didn't know. There was no proof. There was no evidence showing that it was going to be. But because it was something that triggered me, my brain and my child parts were automatically going, this is not going to, this isn't going to be fun for you. You're going to, you're going to hate this. You're going to feel out of place. You're going to feel like a loser. It's going to be nothing at all for uh, fun wise. Don't even bother. Just say, no, you're not going to go. And of course I would follow that gut instinct and do it. I would, I would not go. So yeah, like it's, it's extremely intense. And it's very frustrating. I can imagine people out there who have it a lot worse, who have been through so much abuse and so much pain and suffering that they don't even think about it. It, it It's just an automatic, like it's like a gut, an automatic reflex. Like you're, you hit your elbow or the doctor, you know, hits your knee with the little gavel and, and your your leg kicks. It's that kind of a reaction. I'm sure that's that's how it feels for, for many of you. It's so scary and so traumatizing that you are automatically triggered and you freeze up and you just, it's like an automatic no. A big red X saying, uh-uh, I am not doing this. I... I honestly don't know how to express this. I don't know how to, like, I, I feel the emotions that I feel because of this. There's regret. There's anger. I feel angry with myself. I feel angry at all those people that treated me like this. And there's so much regret and so much shame because I realize there's a lot of things out in the world that I missed. There were opportunities out there that I never got to do. I never got to experience any of that. 
And that was because I was so triggered and so scared that it, it was, I, you know, I felt safer being at home on my own rather than going out there and, and meeting people and having, possibly having fun. You know, maybe I would have made a few new friends. It might have been fun, but I got so triggered from all the trauma in my past. You know, there was so much emotional abuse and, and being made fun of and laughed at and, and made to believe that I was unattractive and weird or stupid or ugly or dressed like an idiot. You know, like I, I used to think that I was my own person, that I was not a follower and that I was my own self. I'm, I was a party of one, you know, that's, that's how I thought when I was in school. I refuse to, to truly look at all the, the pain and the hurt that I, I had felt. I, I was being stubborn back then because all I wanted to do was deny it. All I ever said was, oh, these guys are a bunch of idiots. They're, they're losers. They're jerks. I don't want to be friends with them. I don't, I don't need them because they treat me like crap all the time. So why should I bother? You know, I'm just going to play the game. So I would, in a way, I would almost turn it around and, and instead of being the abusee, I would be the abuser. But I wasn't really good at it because I was... I'm not that kind of a person. I, I'm, I am not the type of person who, can, who could abuse anybody. It's just not in me. The second I even think about saying anything hurtful or doing anything stupid to somebody or mean, I automatically stop. It's like I get all nervous and scared and I, I immediately go, no, I can't. No, 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 I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. So I'm, I'm, I'm very... I'm a very nice person. I'm a very kind and real person. But because of all the trauma and shit that I've been through, I'm a very quiet person. I, I choose carefully the people that I interact with. My friends that I have today, there aren't many, but the ones that I do have, I have chosen carefully because they treat me with respect with they're honest they're kind they're understanding and I'm I'm at the point where I'm used to it but because I have such little experience in so many areas when it comes to friendship and with people and trust that there are a lot of things that I I don't know I don't, I, I really don't know what to do. Like if something comes up, I either get worried that they're second guessing me and that I've done something wrong and I'm going to lose them. And so, but I've, I've gone from, you know, speaking up and saying something childish or, or, or unfair to just keeping it to myself. And in my, in the back of my mind, praying and hoping that I'm just being silly and that I'm overreacting. And surely enough, yes, that is the case, that I'm not, I'm, I'm just overreacting. It's so painful, though, because 
the amount of anxiety that is in my body in that moment and the stress that gets built up, it's so uncomfortable. I hate that feeling. I absolutely hate it. I just wish I could, I wish I knew. Yeah, I, yeah, I wish I knew everything. I wish I knew all the ways to, to talk to people. I wish I knew all the little secrets. I wish I knew, or actually, I wish I could read their minds. I wish I could feel their feelings so that I'd know exactly what to say, when to say it, or if I don't need to say anything, or if there's a t- if I have to walk away. I wish I could because my brain is so, I, I've had so much issues, so many problems with people and being scared and getting triggered and feeling so afraid of rejection and hurt and feeling more pain that I've, I've made, I've done, I've made a lifetime of avoiding things, right? And it just, it gets to the point where you have learned such little about this stuff that you're almost afraid to do anything. Like, you know, you don't want to say something. You you just kind of sit there and go, okay, it'll go away or it'll pass. And... I guess I've made the right moves a number of times that I've gotten lucky. Either that or I've I've done something right for once and now I'm I feel fortunate enough that I have people in my life that that do understand and that do care. I wish my ex-girlfriend had been like that. We had such a we had such a promising future at the beginning. At least that's the way it looked. But my triggers and my, I had such a fear. It was so overwhelming and so intense that it took over because I was so afraid of losing her. I, I, I didn't know most of the time what to say. I didn't know how to react. I got so overwhelmed that like I think I've said in past shows that I would just shut down. You know, it was like impossible to say anything or do the right thing or I get so scared and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything. This fear that I have, it makes, it makes a lot of life's decisions a lot more difficult to make than they need to be. I'm aware of that. I understand. It's not every day that you're going to meet someone, whether it's yourself or, you know, a person that you maybe you've just met, where they have problems communicating with people or they're so afraid of getting hurt that they often are closed off or they don't really ever do anything. They don't, they don't participate in any, anything, right? Like you, you would invite them repeatedly out to go do something or have fun or come with the group or, you know, you know, get out and enjoy themselves. And they say, no, thank you. I, I appreciate the, the thought and thank you for thinking of me, but it's okay. I, I, I don't want to go. And of course they're saying it in a shy way, you know, like they're being bashful and, and trying to be polite and they don't want to look like they're being antisocial, 
but unfortunately it does come out that way. But people often, they get those kind of responses and it, you know, the first time, yeah, sure. Maybe they're just busy or whatever, but the third, fourth time that person has said again and again, thank you, but I, I really don't want to do that. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just going to stay home. People automatically start to think about what's going on. Why is this person never want to hang out with us? Do they not really like us? Is, are they, you know, like they, they start to make up these, they make their mind up about something about that person. And instead of maybe coming up to them one day in, in, in a nice way and sit down with them and, and, and ask, is everything okay? You know, like, you know, ask them if they want to talk about something. Try to, you don't want to force it on them, obviously, of course, but they make, they get these misconceptions and they start to think, automatically they think about negative things. They start to they start to think that you're antisocial. They start to think that you're rude, that you're that you're a loner, that you know you don't want to hang out with them. And for a lot of people, eventually that person says, "Well, I'm I'm done with them. I I'm not I've I've I'm just stopped trying. It's just pointless." And so they move on. And that person eventually never hears from their former friend again because they're just tired of of dealing with it and instead of being nice or or you know taking a bold step and and talking to them about it they make these gross assumptions that are completely wrong and unfair and they stop wanting to be friends with them i bet we all have been through that at least one or two times and the thing is, and I'm, and like I've said earlier, and I'm sure you're aware, is we're not doing this on purpose. We don't, we do not make a point of being antisocial or shutting off and sitting in the corner and and not saying anything to anybody or not trying to interact with people and be friendly. It's triggering. We get we get so triggered because of that past abuse that we've received that it's we feel safer to not do it you know you think to yourself yeah i'm i'll I'll go this time like yeah i earlier in when i had the first couple times that i had met uh my ex-girlfriend's brother we went to their their house now, when it was just the two of them, her brother and a, a girl that he was dating at one time, it was just the two of them and two of us. It was actually pretty good. We, we, we talked, you know, I, I was able to, to be myself and open up and talk about things. But we had this party and we all kind of, we were supposed to bring food for ourselves. There was about 10 of them or something and I just, I felt so out of place. I was, I literally was completely quiet. I said nothing. I didn't say a word. I didn't interact with anybody. I think the only people that I ever talked to were the, the one girl who I already knew. That was it. I didn't say a single word. I, I, I it, it almost looked like I was in a comatose state. 
I sat there and stared off into the, into the darkness or into wherever. And it, I, I am sure to other people that I looked really weird and I bet they made their minds up thinking I was antisocial or I, I didn't enjoy being there. So they're probably thinking, well, why did he bother coming? What was, you know, if he's just going to be like this, why do you, why does he bother showing up? It was because I wanted to be there with my ex-girlfriend. I wanted to support her and be, be there because her and her brother's relationship were just starting to get back, you know, start to, to heal and they were, and they were becoming closer to each other. They had been separated. They hadn't seen each other for a very long time. So yeah, I'm gonna be supportive for my for my ex girlfriend. You know, I'm not gonna say no. And I honestly thought that I was gonna have a good time, but I just I got triggered. I just couldn't do it, and I felt bad. I really did. I felt really bad that I couldn't be a, a social person, someone like a regular kind of person with no trauma but it just wasn't meant to be yeah i i know it's tough it sucks because you don't want to be that way but you can't really help it and i was so uh, it, it, this was really the beginning i hadn't really had any therapy i had very little understanding of complex trauma, trauma in general, abuse, it, all of it. I really didn't understand it. So to me, it was, it just felt like I've, the many times I've done it in the past. And if I could go back in time and try again, knowing what I know now, I probably would have done much better. I don't know if I would have done the same thing or not. I would, I would hope not, but there is definitely that possibility that it could have still have occurred. I could have been that comatose-like guy sitting there on the couch, not making a move, being very closed off, and not saying a word to anybody. It's, it's one of those things that frustrated the hell out of me. I felt like shit. I felt embarrassed because I didn't know what to do. She understood, thankfully. You know, I was worried that she was going to see this as a bad thing and that she was going to end the relationship. But fortunately, she understood. You know, she was very supportive and even said, yeah, she didn't it wasn't the best time either. Like she was there to support her brother and everything. And she tried to talk to other people, but they were all into their own thing. So I am very grateful, at least in that situation that she was supportive for what I was going through and understood. So there was that, you know, of all the negatives and, and the clouds and the dark darkness that was, that came from that, there was that one shred of light. So it's not all bad. But unfortunately, well, she has her own demons and her own problems. And well, maybe someday I'll get into that deeper. So there you go.
All right. That's the end of the episode. I hope you got something out of this. Um, I takes a lot for me to talk about this kind of stuff. And I am pretty sure that if I was in a better position today, like if I had made this episode a few years from now, I probably would have been even more descriptive or shown even more emotion than I've already done. But it just needed to come out. All right. If you want to get in touch with me, there are a number of ways. Uh, you can contact me at Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at traumatizedpc. I am on Mastodon. I am on Threads. Just look for Traumatized Podcast. I am still working on getting Blue Sky going. Uh, I'm on, but it's a slow process because it's still in uh, experimental mode. Uh, I'm on YouTube. You can find this episode and other episodes on YouTube. If you would like to email me directly, you can. My email address is traumatizedpodcast2023 at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, www.traumatizedpodcast.link, L-I-N-K. I really hope that you guys are getting a lot out of this. I'm noticing that I'm getting more listeners, and I hope that what I am saying is getting through and helping you i hope that this is encouraging and motivation to either find someone you can trust that that can help you uh, seek therapists that can help you start your journey or continue your healing journey from your complex trauma if you just want to chat or you know you want to share something with me by all means I am here. I will be more than happy to talk about it. All right. That's it. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you later. Bye, everyone. <laughs>